Welcome to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast, a place where each week we're going to hear from different people about what it means to walk with God. We hope that you leave encouraged and equipped and that this builds your faith for what God wants to do in your life. Welcome everybody to the Jesus People segment of the Antioch Indie Podcast. I always clap when I do that. <laughs> I am your host, Karis Frucci, and I have with me Austin and Anna Bontrager. They're yeah. awesome. And I'm excited to have y'all on today. And Anna, you are on staff at church. And you do what? I am. I do. I am the Antioch Kids Administrator. So I do a lot. I'm basically Beth's assistant, but it's a little bit glorified than that. I do a lot more than kind of assistant work, but um, just do a lot of the computer work and a lot of the um, strategic things for Antioch Kids. How is working with Beth? Is it terrible? Oh, no. So, She's no. the best. Uh, <laughs> Beth is great. Um, no, we have a lot of fun. Beth and yeah. I work. She is kind of, we're like the yin and the yang. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about well. that. Like, what is she like? And then what are Beth you like? Beth is a visionary. Beth she can see the whole picture. They're always This is what I would love mm-hmm. to do, and right. I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, so this is what we would have to do right. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> People like you are hard for visionaries because it's like, wait, I just gave you my vision. And it feels like, like you you're know shooting that this it down. Would, like mean that I have to do this and this and this and she's like oh okay so we kind of work together because I can't really see the whole picture either I'm like these are the strategic things that I need to do and we need to do this but Mm -hmm. like I don't a lot of times can tell you like where I'm going with it like so we work together well it's like such a good picture of just we're not meant to do life alone because visionaries I mean it's great to have a vision but if you don't have people helping you with right getting in the nitty-gritty details you know yeah so. Way to go, Anna. Way to be the nitty gritty person. <laughs> and then Austin, what do you do for a living? Uh, so I do marketing for a plumbing and electrical supply company. Mm. So honestly, I do some of the same stuff Anna does, but in a different <laughs> setting. A lot of the, the logistics and event-based stuff, Yeah. Uh, but in a, in a corporate setting rather than the church. Yeah, that's great. And you guys have two boys. Two boys. Landon and Brennan. We, yes. Brennan is the world's fattest baby. She he is. is. He's so, huge. He's massive. But if you haven't seen him, <laughs> you should just ask Anna for pictures. He's so rolls cute. on rolls is how I explain him. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. He's and, roly poly. Yeah. And then Landon is amazing. Five-year-old. Landon Our is oldest. Five. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I have known you guys. We went to a church down the road, actually, when Chad and I had just had Cade. Right, Eden. I think. It would have been before Eden Kate. was like was one. Kate. Yeah, and you guys—we had just gotten engaged. Wow, that was a long time ago. <laughs> we got engaged on Eden's birthday. Did you really? August sixth. Yeah. Two thousand third, two thousand eleven. Oh yeah, so right. she turned yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. So I've known you guys a long time. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like the Lord's been doing a lot. First of all, you guys have walked through a lot of really hard things right. in the eight years, seven years that I've been friends with you. And I would love for you to just like share some of the journey before, you know, you had Landon and then some of the things that happened in between then, Anna, if you don't mind. Right. Um, so we got engaged. We dated at Ball State. Mm-hmm. We went to Ball State University. Um, knew each other all of college, but then started to date the last year. We were friends, kind of. We knew each other. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. And then decided to date um, in our, our senior year and got married and... Um, pretty quickly decided we wanted to have kids mm-hmm. I feel like you've always been as long as I've known you you've yes. really loved children you've worked with I kids you've been a nanny yes I mean it was kind of a gifting on my life since I was very very young yeah um 
So just knew we wanted to have kids early and got pregnant with Landon and had Landon and things are great and, you know, we loved it and then decided that we wanted to have more kids and the road kind of got a little bit longer at that point. Yeah. Um, we kind of had, I mean, not really infertility issues, but we had some issues where getting pregnant the second time was a little bit harder and yeah. finally got pregnant um, and ended up losing a baby halfway through our pregnancy. So I was like 18 weeks pregnant when we found out there was no heartbeat. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I mean, I say miscarriage, but it was more of a stillborn, stillborn situation mm-hmm. type thing. So you found out it didn't have a heartbeat. Like, did you go into the office and find that out? Um, I was having pain. And so we went to an ER in the middle of the night, just having pain that we weren't really sure about. I mean, I was early enough to where I wasn't feeling anything. And so went into the hospital and they basically kind of said like, there's no heartbeat. hasn't been for like a couple of weeks, you know? So ended up having like had labor, you know, delivered baby and then, um, had that happen. And that kind of catalyzed everything for us coming to Antioch. Interesting. Um, Okay. Um, we were pretty isolated. Um, not that people weren't like around us and like with us, but we had kind of isolated ourselves and Mm -hmm. then that made it worse. And, um, after about a six month period, we were like, we can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. So we just decided to make a change and walked into the doors of Antioch down at old national. (laughs) That was like around that time. I didn't realize it was all so close together. It was about six months after six months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, six I'm like trying happened. to remember six yep. months. Yep, and then got plugged in with Antioch and fell in love with the people and the church and everything. And we got um, involved in a life group. Um, Sam and Sarah Best, amazing shout out. Mm-hmm. They were we on last them. week. Yeah, yes, They're love great. them, love them. Um, just really became friends with them and other people in our life group, and kind of decided like, okay, like maybe we should try for another baby. Yeah, and. Um, started taking longer again Mm -hmm. and then got pregnant again and had another miscarriage one more like a normal miscarriage early Mm -hmm. um and so then it kind of felt we were just kind of like wow like this seems like not reachable Mm -hmm. like type thing Mm -hmm. we were just like pulling with the fact of like is this going to be like our story of just constant miscarriages you know what are we going to do so then we really started as a life group we all started and us obviously really going at it with prayer and believing and being like we there's a baby that we want and we would love to have a baby and sure enough Brennan Lee came into the world on 11 or uh, November 22nd 2018 we got pregnant with him about a year ago um like this month and wasn't there significance to the date even that all yes so um our first miscarriage so our first baby that we lost was due on Thanksgiving weekend and we miscarried our third baby on Thanksgiving weekend, oh and he goodness. was born on Thanksgiving. Wow. So I have chills. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, I mean, he is, like, our true redemption, mm-hmm. like, God is good, like, stamp, like, on yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. He's the size of three babies right, together. That's true. Right. So... <laughs> Man, that is so. I didn't realize the timing all lined up like that. And right, I mean, you're six months into like grieving, really, a baby that. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, any any time you get pregnant, there's that level of hope. But especially once you pass that 14 week mark, if you've ever yeah. been right. pregnant before, usually that's when you start to be like, "This is real." Right. Like, I can yeah. breathe. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So we were kind of past that point, 
Um, so it was interesting, like, walking that road of telling people, you right. know what I mean? Like, having to, we had announced to everybody that right. we were having this baby, and so telling people, and I mean, yeah. it was definitely a hard time mm-hmm. of grieving and a lot of internalization stuff, and mm-hmm. just with, like, our hearts and stuff, and, um, but God is good to faithfully walk us through it, Yeah, and we're kind of on the other side of that. At yeah. least right now that we think. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I think when you said, um, like, you didn't expect that to be your story or, like, that question of, like, I remember that when Cade was diagnosed, like, I did not see that mm-hmm. right in my story at all. Mm-hmm. And that fear of, like, is this going to be the rest of my life? Like, right. is this going to mark us? Or is, like, you know, and how do you, even if those things happen, how do you let the mark of God be bigger, mm-hmm. you know, than the mark yeah. of the circumstance? and. Yep. Right. How was it for you, Austin? Like, obviously, you weren't carrying the baby, but watching her go through this. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like anything like that. You feel helpless, and mm-hmm. um, as the leader of our family, there's just so much you want to do that you can't do, mm-hmm. and um, it's a, it's a hard place to be because the grieving process is real and it's important, and you're going through it. But at the same time, we had Landon, and we had uh, church, and we had jobs, and all these things going on that that you still have to lead well, and you still have to to give to what you're doing, even when you're in the middle of grieving these hard things. And so I think it's a hard balance. And and for us, I think it was a hard balance because I don't know that we were doing those things well to begin with. Yeah. Right. And and then when mm-hmm. you get into the hard circumstances, that doesn't that doesn't always. Uh, make you slide further but it exposes the things that are already maybe weaknesses and aren't going so well yeah that's a good and so when those it. things are exposed I think it's harder to then get your feet and and figure out where you're going from there yeah, yeah. Anna and I were talking about how the Austin who is today was not the Austin who was when we first met him can yeah. you take us in a, a little bit of that journey like how you feel like you're growing or what has been some growth points for you sure um yeah I think I've definitely changed a lot just in the last two years of us being at Antioch and being part of this community. And uh, but even before that, I I've been a Christian for uh, a little over ten years now, and came to know Jesus at at Ball State through Campus Crusade for Christ. But was still very immature in my faith and very set in my ways and and very closed off to what the Lord wanted to do with me mm-hmm. and and how He wanted to to change me. I was open to where He wanted to send me, but I wasn't open to to who he wanted me to be in those moments. Interesting. And uh, so I think, I think honestly, the, that first miscarriage was a big turning point for me, just kind of hitting that point that I'd been at before, where it was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not who I want to be, and I'm not the leader, I'm not the follower of Christ that I want to be, and and there's a lot of work that needs done in my heart, and and during that time, I just started to realize that. Though I was a believer, I wasn't very happy in it. I wasn't mm-hmm. doing things uh, from a place of peace. I was doing things from a place of, of obligation. Mm-hmm. And from that, the, the Lord brought me a lot of freedom. He started to open things in my heart that hadn't been there before. And, and I started to see myself in more of a, a pastoral person. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I'm not a pastor. I work in the secular job force. But there was a pastoral mm-hmm. thing in me that kind of mm-hmm. woke up during that time. And, and honestly, that's how we ended up at Antioch was we were at this other church and we were kind of um, just ingrained there. Anna had been there for a long time and, mm-hmm. and we had, had a, as a family had too. And during that time, I felt like the Lord was calling me to be a pastor. I, I wasn't happy in my current job and my current position. And, and as the Lord stirred, I started to look for pastoral positions. And during that time, 
it really freed Anna's heart up to leave the church that we were at as she prepared for me to go be a pastor somewhere else. Um, and then when we came through all that, my heart was totally changed and every pastoral door closed and the Lord opened up a new position for me and, and it was a perfect fit. And we kind of could look back and say, uh, things didn't, again, during that period, mm. didn't go exactly how we thought they would. Yeah. The, the changes that were happening in my heart weren't what I thought they were, mm-hmm. um, but it led us to the place that we are now, and there's just a lot more freedom in my life, and, and I think my relationship with the Lord is is deeper and richer and, and more real than it's been before, and I'm more open to going even deeper and even further, where before I was pretty content with a surface-level relationship, Yeah. And, and it's just not enough anymore. Yeah. So you said something I thought was interesting. You you said something like um, there was a lot of work that needed to be done that you weren't like willing for the Lord to do on your insides. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like there's sometimes a misconception, even in my own mind, like that the Lord's kind of just going to take care of my junk for me. You right. know, like you get saved yes. and it's like, and then you will magically <laughs> just yeah. like absorb all my selfishness <laughs> and all my pride. But like how to not be legalistic, but then realize that like faith without works is dead and there's like mm-hmm. a work thing that we, I, w- I was listening or I was reading some gardening thing and it was because I was doing our window boxes this weekend right. and one of them had really hard, clumpy soil and I've heard you can reuse soil. So I was like, oh, it'll be right. fine. But you actually have to like break up these places. And it reminded right. me so much of in the Bible where it talks about mm-hmm. like, hey, break up the fallow ground of your heart so that God can like water it and so that it can like bear yeah. fruit again. Yep. Right. And that feels like work and it's not, sometimes it's the Holy Spirit, but a lot of times it's like the willingness to. For sure. To Go do deep. the work. Yeah. yeah can you sure. can you give me like an example of maybe some of the work that you had to, if it's not too vulnerable, to no, share? No, <laughs> for sure. Well, I think it's funny you say that because I do think there's times that uh, chains break pretty instantly. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen that in different things in my life, even with with like sexual sin and stuff where things just break yeah. instantly. Yeah. Um, there's like a grace for a specific ab- Absolutely. Sin. <laughs> yeah. But then like and the one you're like, I would actually really like for, to do it. For sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but then other times, like you say, you yeah. have to work a lot harder and there's a lot more into it. And, and I think there's a lot more freedom in that truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you're putting in the work and it's hard and I think there's another, another level you can go to in that freedom that maybe you don't reach when it's just instant. Both are awesome. But, um, I think when you put the work in, it's, there's something gratifying about digging in deeper to the Lord. And, and for me, I think it was, it was even just with my family. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had to put in a lot more work because as I alluded to, I, I was not the leader that the Lord had called me to be. Mm-hmm. And I was not the head of our family. And because I wasn't the head, Jesus wasn't at the head because I wasn't putting him there. Mm-hmm. And so through that time, um, as my relationship grew, as we dug into life groups and, and got involved in Antioch, and then my own personal walk with the Lord began to grow, mm-hmm. um, the leader that I could be for our family began mm-hmm. to grow. And it's still hard, and I still really struggle with the selfishness and, and all those things that were holding me back before yeah. uh, still come into play. Yeah. But there's been a lot of work and a lot of growth where I've let the Lord soften me and, and allow me to lead my family as Jesus leads the church. It's really good. I think it's interesting how pain was like the stimulus for this because when pain right. comes, a lot of people just want to shut down. Right. But it's almost like with that kind of a pain, when it's a grief pain, you can't, shutting down isn't enough. Yeah. You know, you mm-hmm. have to come alive for in a sure. different way. And right. I think you guys are just testimony of that, which is really neat. Anna, how was it for you watching the watching him like change and where did that, 
what did that do for you? Do you feel like you've had growth in certain places? Um, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been amazing. Like, I look back and I'm like, wow. It's just, it was a gradual thing, but then to look back now, it, um, like, God is just so faithful in Mm -hmm. that I was hurting so much that, like, he used my pain to like cat like catalyze his growth mm-hmm. um and to just be like the dad and the husband that like we needed um um just watched him kind of like just kind of like take hold and make decisions and I don't know it's just been it's been like really freeing for me to be like okay I can focus on getting these boys like taken care of and mm-hmm. um I was working a really hard long job um that was just, it was just a lot of emotion, a lot of emotional, like, taxing for me, and it was a lot of, um, a lot of hours, and so, um, he really, like, took the reins and just kind of, like, got us to where we are, like, kind of was just like, okay, like, you know, you need help on the weekends because you've been doing this all week, and, you know, just different things where it was just like, um, I'm more of a practical person, so I see the practicals, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, he's way more, involved in like our family time and he Mm -hmm. will take the reins for the kids rather than just like oh mom does it you know whatever and so that has changed everything but it's also been like when I zoom out I'm like okay like this is actually what happened like kind of what he said Mm -hmm. like it's hard to really see that when I'm looking at the practicals so like every once in a while I have to look back and be like wow like my husband's a changed man yeah. <laughs> like you know like yeah. I notice it in the little things but you know I think well it's because I said something last week and we talked about this and so yeah. he's doing it you know yeah. <laughs> but it's like no like God's like, changing no, you're, his heart you're not like, that good Anna like <laughs> you wouldn't listen that well <laughs> right. you know what I mean right right <laughs> thank you there has to be a heart change is yeah. kind of what we always talk about him and yeah. I is you know nothing's going to change unless our hearts change mm-hmm. so that's kind of where it starts so great. We have a paper at our home that I think came from Antioch Waco that Chad keeps in one of the Bibles. And it is, it's like a prayer to break off and it sounds so over spiritualized, but to break off the spirit of passivity, but it's a very powerful mm-hmm. paper. And I love mm-hmm. that he treasures it because as a man, I mean, there's nothing worse than, you know, how in the garden God comes and he curses the snake and the man and the woman are like the ground for the man. But for the Mm -hmm. woman, he says, your desire will be for your husband, but he will rule over you. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to a message talking about like that desire for your husband is really like this word usurp. Like, and so I feel like Mm -hmm. as men like buy into this like passivity thing, the women, like, it's like, well, we have to be, you know, it's like, well, I have to run my home or I have to, Mm -hmm. if he's just going to sit there and tune out and do Mm -hmm. whatever. And I think it's wonderful to hear you saying like you, you, I mean, I'm, I'm reading into what you were saying, but I'm yeah. assuming this is what you're saying is yeah. that you had to like fight against the desire to just tune out. Yeah. And after you get home from work, like, I can't even imagine going to work all day. You know, right. I was in like a three hour meeting one time and I was like, I'm more exhausted <laughs> than spending time with all my kids. But, but the, the temptation to just get on your phone and candy crush it up or whatever, right. Instead of engaging with your family, but how, when men, like in that home situation, there's something about the male role. If they choose to do that, yeah. a woman's mm-hmm. naturally like, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it as well as if, mm-hmm. right. as if they were equally yoked in that position, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which it sounds so like biblical and Christian, but it's really how God designed <laughs> yes. it yeah, yeah. and it would work for the whole world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What do you think that's part of it? Is that passivity thing? Like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. big time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say to, I don't know if guys listen to this. I hope they do. But if they do, like, <laughs> what would you say to a guy who's like, man, I, I, I feel like my head has 
at the end of the day, like I don't have energy for my family. What were some things that really helped you wake up? Yeah, it was, and honestly, part of it was because of what we walked through, and mm-hmm. the need was so great that it brought me to a place yeah. of of realizing like I have to do this, or or there's nothing. And and when you hit that place of emptiness, you feel it. Mm-hmm. And I think as believers, we feel that, and we feel the need for for Jesus to refresh. Mm-hmm. And so when your family hits that point, um, th- it's it's hard to ignore it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but it's uh, <laughs> I, I think we hit that place of need where. Um, my family needs this and as the man, I'm going to step up and do it. And, uh, I can't do it without that refresher from Jesus or I'm just going to pour myself out too and, and have that, you know, I'm, I'm wore out, I'm whatever, but Jesus is enough for me. And because of that, he's enough for our family and I can be the Mm -hmm. one to bring him to the family. So Mm -hmm. did that look like you getting up earlier to spend time with the Lord? Was it just more intentional time with him, like Uh, asking him specific questions? Much more intentional time, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. And you guys have both mentioned life group a lot, which I love because Mm -hmm. your life group itself just multiplied. You guys are leading now with the Orndorfs, is that? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. and you just have a thriving group of like people really in your same season of life. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like those guys were part of that process for you of encouraging you to... No doubt, there's... uh, and this is one thing we didn't really have before was those yeah, people yeah. that were willing to pour into us. And, and there's just something about community mm-hmm. and the way that the Lord has created it, that when I, when I have that emptiness and when I'm not able to go, having those other guys willing to pour into me mm-hmm. spiritually is a, is a very important thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're almost, the story is like your muscles being strengthened. And then you just recently had something that happened with Landon. Right. Where... You know, it, it's in right. a similar situation and you're like, oh, I have to practice this faith, mm-hmm. you know, t- right. the same faith you had to get pregnant. <sighs> you had to like practice it again with Landon just a, right. like, a year later. Yes. Well, you tell a us later. a little bit of that story. A little bit. So um, Landon is our five-year-old. He just got sick one day, um, like normal thing, fever. I took him into, he had a cough, he had fever, um, took him into the doctor and, um, long, long, long story short, he was diagnosed with pneumonia and it got so bad that our doctor had to admit him into the hospital. Um, long, like it's, I mean, this is the really watered down version. Mm -hmm. Um, but he got so bad that he, um, one of his whole left lungs was covered in pneumonia and fluid. And so he had, um, a chest tube. He was in the hospital for about nine days had a chest tube in to remove the fluid. Um, just we just like weren't finding. It took a good seven days to really make any progress. He just kind of like just ran fevers and couldn't get rid of fluid. Um, just really couldn't get better. And so um, we were kind of submerged into the water yeah. for like a time period of like, okay, like what are we gonna do? Um, and um, it's an amazing story that we really feel like God intervened Mm -hmm. and saved him. Not that he was, I don't think we never, I don't think we ever really felt like he was like dying or Mm -hmm. like this was like, Oh my gosh, like something really serious could happen. But there were different moments where, um, they're just, we never saw him getting better and Mm -hmm. it it could have gone like to you. It would be a really long journey, right? Like, Yeah. yeah. So he, um, because of the size of the infection, they were we were told that it would take weeks for him to get better, um, that we could be in the hospital for weeks. Um, 
he was, um, we were at one hospital in the city and then we ended up getting transferred to Riley downtown, um, because he wasn't getting better and they had more of like a specialized care for him since Mm -hmm. he was five. He was a peds patient. Um, and they, we were told when we got down there immediately, we were briefed and Hey, this is going to be a long road. You could be here for a while. Um, we could be sending you home with IV antibiotics, you know, like different Mm -hmm. things where we were just like, Oh my word. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like, all right, we're in this for the long haul. And, um, we, it was a Sunday morning and Austin was at the hospital with me and he was like, I think I'm going to go to church. Like, I think I need to be at church. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, all right, sounds good. You know, like at that point we were just like, so tired. We were just surviving. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like looking at our kid in the hospital bed and I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, he's just laying here. So go to church. Um, and he just said, I just really feel like we need to be around the people that are surrounding us. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, sure. Go. And Andrew actually stopped the service and prayed. Um, I mean, people who were there know, but he stopped the whole service and everybody started praying for Landon. And um, literally that morning, Sunday morning, he we, we saw him come alive again. Just all of a sudden, just mm-hmm. started. The fever went away. Wow. He started getting more active. He was joking with the nurses, you know, because he's pretty silly. And <laughs> And then we got sent home two days later. That's so, crazy. I know. <laughs> and then recently you just went back for like an update, right? And right. Then, uh, so we were told that his x-ray, because it was his whole left lung was covered in pneumonia, that um, he would probably not have a clear x-ray until they wouldn't expect it any earlier than about August or September. And so we were told, hey, we're probably going to have you come back for an x-ray then um, so that before going into the winter, we have something to go off of if he gets sick again, you know, whatever. Um, cause we were told this would, I mean, it maybe not happen to the extent that it did, but he could get pneumonia easily again right. because of this. Um, and so we, um, I just happened to be at our pediatrician's office, uh, I think for an appointment for Brennan, maybe I can't remember. And, and I just said like, Hey, you know, Riley didn't want to do an x-ray cause they told me that it wasn't going to be looking good yet and they didn't want me to like see it and like let's wait so we know that it could be clear and Mm -hmm. I just voiced to her like I don't you know like what I was a little uneasy about that kind of thing and she was like hey let's take an Mm x-ray and so we took an x-ray I don't think she was expecting to see what she did and she pulls me over and she was like grabbing my arm I mean I don't think she's a believer I'm not super sure but yeah grabbing my arm and shaking me and said, I don't think you understand. Like, she's like, you have to see this. And I was just kind of like, okay, like this is great. Yeah. And she grabbed my arm and she's like shaking me and she's like, his x-ray is completely clear. Like there is no sign that he was sick on here. It's amazing. And she was like, this is not what I should be seeing. She's like, I, there should still be some pneumonia in there. I should at least be able to tell like, oh, this child had like a serious infection. And yeah. I'm, this is an x-ray I would expect to see in the fall or the winter and so Landon's completely healed Mm -hmm. he's a happy he runs around and doesn't get tired anymore and yeah he will tell you that Jesus uh healed him from the dead healed him from the dead (laughs) yes he knew how which like honestly I probably think that's what he felt you know that he was dying (laughs) so because he was in so much pain but so yeah he will tell you that's he so loves cool. to tell people. <laughs> I think like stories like that don't need we I mean stories like this we need to treasure as a church body too because mm-hmm. there's something you know how in Acts it says like um Herod killed 
James, and then he takes Peter also because mm-hmm. he saw that it pleased the Jews. And then it literally says, like, and the church started praying. They made, like, earnest intercession for Peter, mm-hmm. and an angel comes and lets him out. And, like, I love, I think it's Bill Johnson. He's like, this is what happens when the church prays. Like, I don't yeah, know why right. they didn't pray for James, but they prayed yeah. for Peter, and Peter <laughs> right. was, like, yeah. able to live and do so much more ministry. <laughs> and just thinking that corporate moment of praying um, – I just was thinking, like, I've been just processing, like, not making a theology out of disappointment or mm-hmm. all the people who do die of these things or get sick mm-hmm. of these things. But what would happen if the church dedicated time, you know, to interceding right. and yep. to praying mm-hmm. and having these testimonies? And didn't your dad also have something years ago and was healed? Yeah, my dad had bladder cancer um, when I was in high school and is he had long stories short he had a surgery to remove it um and they basically kind of make a new bladder for you and he has been they wanted him to do chemo my parents were like we're gonna pray and they prayed and they were like we don't think he needs to do chemo they wanted to do chemo and they were like nope we think this surgery is good and really felt like they heard from god and he is i don't know how many years it is it's like i can't remember like Mm -hmm. 16 15 Mm -hmm. something like that years cancer free it's amazing every year he goes in and another clean scan so yeah it's such a blessing yeah. and I think it it shows your parents faith it's cool to think your parents pass stuff on to you and then you're right. gonna yeah. pass stuff on to Landon and right yeah. you know who knows the giants that he's gonna face too that right sure. right he'll he'll kill too which yeah. is so awesome yep it's so great <laughs> well I'm like so encouraged just hearing from you guys and hearing what God's doing I know he's gonna continue working in both of y'all and using you and I think your story could resonate with a lot of people especially you know, women too, who are like dealing with a miscarriage and infant loss and right. just being able to talk to you would be probably really helpful. So anyone who's hearing this and you want to talk to Austin too about like <laughs> passivity or yeah. waking up as a man. Um, Austin, why don't you just pray to close us? Um, sure. I'm so glad to have the bond Traegers on today. So you can pray sure. and then, yeah. All right. Uh, Lord, just thank you for the ways that you've moved and the ways that you're moving. Just thank you that you are a faithful God, that you're a God that that wants to meet with us and wants us to be in relationship and wants to use us to break chains in other people's lives. I just thank you that that you're so relational that you don't want us to do this alone, Lord. I just thank you that, that your faithfulness shines through in the darkest moments and your faithfulness shines through in the in the brightest as well. I just thank you for who you are and thank you for Jesus and and the ultimate price that he paid, that 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 power of resurrection can live in us, can live in Landon and and can do these things that we're seeing and we're testifying through. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening with us today. If you would like any further information or resources, you can visit AntiochIndy.com or find us on Instagram at AntiochIndy.